Howdy, podcast people. This is Added to the List Reality Rewind, where we recap and deep dive into the biggest reality shows on TV. This episode, we'll be diving into RuPaul's Drag Race. My name is Graham Capito, and I am joined, as always, by Alonto Vermont, Zach Schultz. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome. Hello, fellas. Welcome. We're done. We're done with Big Brother. It's over. We're not talking about no. that. Thank goodness. Crazy, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I was, you know, Twitter. Yep. Classic. So, X. Ugh. Graham, are you in a new spot today? I am in a new spot, um, as everyone can tell who's listening to this. Um, we rearranged our apartment, and so the table is just... This is why he loved Corey. Let's just be clear. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a very Corey response. You all were singing Corey's praises before me, so don't even... You know, Zach, it's kind of well, like the beginning we... of our relationship with Graham. You love him at first. <laughs> you love him at first, but then it realized that he's, a, he's like a little dork. <laughs> wow. Rude. For everyone <laughs> listening, he really just mean... flipped me off. I'm <laughs> Drag race has really put me in a catty mood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm reading Graham right now. <laughs> reading. Hey, I didn't know what reading is fundamental. That was when That's he like, said we're going to the library and reading is fundamental. I didn't know if we were like this was like a ch- a kids challenge, like we were gonna read to kids. <laughs> I didn't know what was going yeah. on. And then, spoiler crazy. alert, we didn't go to a library. <laughs> I am so excited to talk about this. So we watched um, an episode of Drag Race. We mm-hmm. scoured the internet for the internet to tell us what are one of the one of the most entertaining episodes, and it chose season five at season uh, yeah season five episode seven, which is the RuPaul roast. Right, that's correct. The RuPaul yeah. roast. Yep, um, they. All the big challenge, I guess. I guess there's a mini challenge and a big challenge. The big challenge was that uh, all of the queens roasted RuPaul uh, along with the other judges on the panel and their fellow queens. Um, yeah, so that was that was the main challenge. My first time. I was going to say, and Graham had zero no. experience watching any of it. In, yeah. In fact, all week he was saying, "So we're watching RuPaul." What when we watch RuPaul? That's uh, not that's not entirely true. RuPaul. He kept wanting us to reiterate. I did not ask. I th- I think I asked maybe twice, not all week, um, because mostly to make sure what episode we were going to watch. Because I didn't know. I was leaving that up to you all and the internet to tell us what to watch. Um, it th- it seemed interesting to me that we start on a roast, um, just because. I'm sure for fans of RuPaul, like the 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 person, um, they might get more out of seeing jokes made about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those didn't really particularly land with me. Um, That's interesting because one of the reasons I thought it would be a good episode was because it is a roast, mm. and I knew you could at least appreciate the comedy, you know. And the roast was my favorite part of the whole episode, watching 
even if I didn't quite get the references, um, you know, a lot of it was pretty obvious, you know, what they were making jokes about. And um, yeah. a lot of them had really good and pretty funny stage presence. Yeah. Um, and even the ones who didn't, that's entertaining. You know, it's always entertaining that's to watch people bomb. It's like a train wreck. In fact, In one of the biggest laughs. What'd you say? The editing of the show, like the editors it's... are like a character in and of itself. Well, and realizing, watching this season, I realized the editing has actually changed quite a bit in, with the newer seasons. So you get more context. Because some of this, the cuts were like very, uh, and the episodes I think now are 90 minutes long. Mm. So just get more of a through line. Like you get more background. Um, some of the those episodes in season five, even the even the judges' comments were very choppy. Like they weren't even full sentences. <laughs> Super choppy. Yeah, and like whenever they were doing like going around Michelle Visage, and whenever she was like popping around and like giving them notes in the beginning, they were like half sentences. They were they cut were. To the next thing she was saying. It was crazy, and it's like. Well, and the notes after the performances is like, why am I not hearing anything constructive at all? Yeah, you didn't. You it don't, was you, like you didn't hear any of that. No, so yeah, tearing into I, them. The episode started with Alaska. So, so a little context: Alaska's husband, Sharon Needles, won season four of Drag Race. Oh. oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Sharon Needles. I didn't yeah, see uh, cool. Sharon Needles season now. Sharon, go ahead. Maybe even maybe we should back up even further because when I went into this, I didn't know what this like. I truly, I knew it was a competition to see who's the best drag queen, but I don't, I don't know what that means. Like I did not expect uh, having a comedy routine to be part of that. Yeah, every episode there's a different challenge. It's it's not just like you don't just see them like making costumes and stuff like. There's comedy challenges. There's like the next episode. They have to create their own fragrant fragrance and their own tagline for the fragrance and make a commercial selling the fragrance. There's um, a lot of commercial ones. A lot of commercial ones. There's like a what they call a rusical, like a musical, and they write a musical. Uh, well, they they get a script for a musical, uh, and it's normally a play on something like they did a donald trump one uh a couple years ago and it was like all the many what the many women of donald trump or something and it was like every woman who you know in his life um so so though so every episode has a different challenge the main stage challenges something we didn't see in this episode is the runway normally there's like a runway you have to make an outfit or which which the talent of these people is just the design and they have like transforming outfits. It's phenomenal. We didn't get to see that this episode, but they normally have under wigs. Oh, brilliant. Well, we'll come back to that too. But yeah, so normally there's a runway challenge as well. So you get the mini challenge, the main challenge, and then a runway. Mm. One person, typically one person wins the episode or wins the challenge. Uh, and and then the bottom two people have to lip sync for their life. For their life. And typically, one part. This you also again you didn't have the context that like 
everybody, there's normally one episode, one person per episode who goes home. So mm -hmm. you didn't get to feel the excitement that nobody got eliminated. Yeah, you know I could I mean? tell it was a big moment, but yeah, it didn't carry the weight for me. I was shocked. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little context. So it's it's America's next drag superstar. I think they win $200,000. Um, I think the season we watched, they said 100000 and maybe yeah. 100000 now. And like a trip from like owlstrips.com or something weird. The early stuff was very bizarre. Um, and you like a lifetime supply of makeup, you know. Uh -huh. But now it's more than that. And they, they do a world tour. Um, and essentially, though, once you've been on Drag Race, you are a celebrity in the drag world. Like every club that has drag across America wants to have you. So they do these like club tours. <clears throat> so in Louisville, we have play, play Louisville, but there's like a play Nashville and a play blah, blah, blah. But there's this group, these promoters who, who hire, who bring the drag Queens in, uh, for a night, you know, they make tons of money, uh, to perform and they have a huge following. So, um, now there's drag con you go to california there's a like a like a like a like a comic con which so I, I would have been surprised to hear that before hopping on paramount this morning and just typing in drag and seeing this cinematic universe oh it's a whole yeah. well like, what, what what which one do i click that's why listen i i had never watched drag race until last year and didn't really know much about Drag Race, wasn't really into drag or anything like that. But beyond that, my respect for RuPaul, RuPaul is a freaking mogul, brilliant, has made the most out of um, this show that started off as a small little show on Logo. <laughs> Um, and moved to VH1 and now MTV. Um, and drag is like a mainstream, it's mainstream. Drag is mainstream entertainment thing that was not at all something that everybody knew about. Everybody like the fact that there's more than one famous drag queen now. Like exactly. you know, on my TikTok, about forty percent of my TikToks are podcasts hosted by drag queens. <laughs> Trixie Mattel and Katya, and yeah, yeah, Katya. Trixie Mattel is probably is maybe the second most famous drag queen. Um, people love Trixie. We talked about Bianca Del Rio. So just to give you a little context, this show has multiple international adapt adaptations. So you have Drag Race Thailand, UK, Canada, Holland, Espana, uh, Italy. Uh, Drag Race Down Under, France, Philippines, Belgium, Mexico, Brazil, Germany. Like, then you have like 10 seasons, eight seasons, I think, of All Stars. Um, Holy cow. And then there's all these spinoffs and specials. And now RuPaul has his own channel, his own streaming what? service called, called um, World or Wow, Wow Presents Plus. 
Um, and so a lot of the drag queens have their own shows on there. Um, it's pretty wild. I think part of my confusion has was that I didn't, and I still don't think I really understand what it all means to be a drag queen. Cause I thought that was just every episode was maybe going to be, you know, they wear these dresses or f- elaborate outfits that they maybe designed themselves. I didn't, I wasn't really sure. Um, and then like lip sync and dance. Um, I didn't expect a comedy routine. I did not expect, I didn't watch it, but like creating commercials. Like I don't, it sounds like it being a drag queen just means being an all out entertainer, um, wearing elaborate clothes and makeup. Like I don't, you did it. And I didn't realize that before this. Look at us teaching the world. And I think it's important to realize, because you guys mentioned like some of them not being comfortable in front of all the people. Well, because some of them are internet queens. You know, there are, there are TikTok queens that don't perform for audiences. They only do it for social media or you know what I mean? Like a lot of drag, there are there are li- drag queens on the show whose strength is not lip syncing because they don't really lip sync. They they do comedy, um, and so I think that's really important. There are drag queens with podcasts, and you know what I mean. They just happen to be female impersonators. Um, and I think RuPaul has now set the precedent with this show that if you are going to be a drag queen, you do have, have to be able to, to do all those things, do everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is yeah. So like it's pushing drag queens to do more. And that's yeah. And that's what we were talking about even before this is like I was surprised that so many of them seem nervous, but it's because like doing drag, like being a drag queen, is you have to have this energy of, oh, I can do anything. That's kind of like what the really successful yeah. ones, like Alaska, for example, that's kind of the vibe that she puts off on stage. Like, oh, I'm the best one here. And I think yeah. that's always kind of the vibe of drag. Where it's it like is. You have I, to have that confidence. And I think we have to think about this. RuPaul, like, I grew up knowing RuPaul from, like, being a guest on, like, sitcoms and stuff like that. Like, I didn't know RuPaul as a like a lip syncer or anything like or RuPaul's music. I knew RuPaul yeah. from being on like you know one random episode where somebody's friend is now a drag queen. You know the the, the, the yeah, old yeah. high school returns and now they're like a drag queen. So RuPaul has always been in movies. RuPaul was in the Brady Bunch movie. Um, has he know, always RuPaul. been a drag queen in these things? Yes. So the distinction is, and RuPaul says this, like, I get paid to do drag. I'm not just sitting around my house uh, in in these clothes. Like, if I'm paid to show up as a drag queen, that's when I do it. But you'll see RuPaul at award shows and stuff like that. And RuPaul's not in drag because he's like, listen, you're not paying me to sit in a chair for four hours and put on makeup. You know? Also, it looks like a lot of work. RuPaul will act will act not in drag like he's in a whole season of uh broad city plays alana's manager alana the coach's yeah. manager uh well, had a, show girl boss which is, and he had his own show on netflix aj and the queen um for a while so yeah i mean that that's the respect i have for rupaul i mean really taking a very niche market and blowing it up expanding and 
And I love, I don't know if y'all have seen the clip that's going around of RuPaul on the Jimmy Fallon show. And, and the drag queen yeah, thing. RuPaul, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon says, you know, something about drag queen, you know, you're drag queen. And, and RuPaul looks at him and he says, drag queen, drag queen. And Jimmy Fallon gets terrified of like, oh God, what did I say? I said something wrong. And RuPaul says, I am not a drag queen. I am the queen of drag. <laughs> Which That's is fun. like, that really is who RuPaul is. It's like, you, there wouldn't be all of this without RuPaul. So it's all pretty cool to me. And I just have grown oh respect for RuPaul, for sure. This is a really random thing, but I worked at Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. And there was a RuPaul, you know, wax figure, tall, like I'm talking in heels, like 6'10". And they always do a hand impression. His hand's like a foot long, like giant yeah. hands. Well, RuPaul, I think, is 6'4". So. Yeah, the giant stiletto heels. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See it across the room. Like with the wig, you're talking eight feet. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of presents all around. Have you so have you watched all of this show? What what is your definition of all? Like all like every season. I've watched all of the US seasons. Okay. Yes. Like like the main and, uh, all time like RuPaul's drag race, just the I've watched okay. all of the RuPaul's drag race seasons as well as the All Stars seasons. Um and maybe like one or two UK. That's all. How and I was, I was able to do that in just over a year, basically. So um, they're easy watches. You know what I mean? It, it's easy TV. So um, it's something I can I have, I have on, the, on the background. I like it because it's just silly. It's ridiculous. It's campy. It's something you yeah. can have on in the background, you know? And each episode hits very similar beats in certain ways and you no, pick up on like catchphrases yeah, yeah 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 and like the, the whole don't fuck it up thing i love it and don't that's actually one of my issues with the show yeah. is that i do think like graham it's not scripted in fact nothing rupaul says on the show is scripted so like like i've seen interviews with some of the drag queens and stuff rupaul doesn't use a teleprompter rupaul doesn't use cue cards it's all like from memory wow. and the top of his head impressive um, and and the judges, if you watch more, you'll see the banter in the later seasons of the judges back and forth. So they, so I think after maybe the next two next season, maybe the judges are Michelle Visage, who we saw on the show, Carson Kressley, uh, fashion and style expert, <laughs> and then Ross Matthews. Oh, thank God! I hate Santino so. Yeah, so, Santino is nobody so likes Santino. Much. Was he nobody. the one? Was he like the bald guy? The bald yeah. Background on him, he was on uh, on Project Runway, I think, um, where they make their make cost. He was a, he's like a fashion designer. Um, he reminded me of Joe from MasterChef. I don't know if you've seen. I've only seen one episode. We we're sort of watching it right now, but he's this like bald, like sort of. Um, hard on these people italian guy like, that's, oh, that's, how that's this guy yeah yep that's okay. how he's very not popular and and the the, sh the when he leaves the show 
it really shifts to um because he's so hard when he leaves it shifts to a more fun judging mm. panel um and all of them are witty very witty and quick i mean just quick um rupaul i think is one of the funny and rupaul and michelle visage going back and forth with their with their humor it, it's really entertaining tv so who's michelle uh, like who like what why what is her deal yeah michelle is rupaul's literal real best friend oh, cool. uh and michelle used to be a a, a um, radio dj for a major radio station in in LA, I think, in California, uh, back in the 90s. And then she was on, there was a RuPaul TV show. There was they had, RuPaul like, had like a variety show in the 90s. Mm. Uh, Michelle was on the show, and then they have a podcast together. And then RuPaul had a talk show briefly, like a few years ago, actually. And Michelle was like his second. Um, mm. oh on the show so they've been and michelle every season rupaul is on as a judge michelle is on uh is he never is he ever not on there's certain international seasons so like there's certain seasons where it's drag race holland rupaul is not on that if rupaul is on it it's it's called rupaul's drag race blah 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 mm, yeah makes sense uh so michelle and michelle and Rue are really, really tight. Do you know what my favorite thing, and one of my favorite things about the show is, is that in the end, it's just RuPaul's choice. Like, it who is. goes home? It and... It's just up to RuPaul, literally. <laughs> like, it's never, like, the judges vote, the people vote, it's never and that. He says, he says, I've listened to the judges' comments, but the final <laughs> decision is up to me. <laughs> Every time, it's just like, well... <laughs> I was so taken aback. I think even just like silence, mm-hmm. I've made my decision. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it is oh, every episode. Okay. Like, every episode, it's, it's like a queen over her, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's always you know, them subjects. like chattering. Everybody's talking. They're like, "So yeah, I was just thinking that she would blah blah." Silence, and you could tell RuPaul loves it. And that's the <laughs> gag of the show is that they all go with it, and that's why it could feel fake because. They just go with it, and I've listened to several interviews where the the drag queens are like, listen, nothing on this show is scripted. Nothing is forced. It's just crazy people, wacky, ridiculous people. (laughs) And that's what I think, like, is special about the show, because, like, you have a bunch of these shows that are scripted, and it's about wacky, like, Duck Dynasty, and it's in, like, it's about these wacky families, but it's all scripted and, like, from TLC and stuff. But when you just put actual kind of crazy people in front of a camera, they're going to say, like, genuinely wild stuff. Well, and there was controversy. Like, some queen was like, RuPaul doesn't talk to us offset. But RuPaul says it's because I want genuine reactions and responses so like when they see rupaul for the very first time that's their actual first time seeing rupaul for the day or whatever like and they and all of the queens are isolated they don't when they're not in the workroom they don't see each other they're they're Mm -hmm. sequestered uh in their own hotel rooms and stuff and aren't allowed to to converse and congregate outside of that Really, I was always wondered like what, where do they stay? Because they don't stay in one big house or anything, right? Uh, it's, they stay in a hotel, and they're. I mean, a, a lot of. I mean, you, you hear them say like, 
it's horrible. <laughs> when you're there, you know, if you're there for the whole competition and you're alone, you know, um, by yourself in your hotel room, it sucks. I'm you know, they're allowed to have like so. a phone and stuff, right? No, I they guess... don't have phones because it's all taped. Like you don't want the, they don't want spoilers. They don't. What do you mean? The producers they don't want they don't want the queen spoiling like who oh got they it. don't want i thought you meant i was in my head i was like how would they look up spoilers they're on the show <laughs> <laughs> i see yes i get it now yeah, so, <laughs> that's not what that's i thought you were confused <laughs> yeah so it can be tough you know what i mean something like that no phones and then it's not like big brother where you're just around everybody all the time you're you're around everybody and then you're by yourself a good chunk of the time as well. And you're constantly yeah. competing. And it's a competition. Yes. And these seem like people that are people, people. Like they are extroverts as far as mm. I can tell. A lot of them. Yeah. 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 Well, do we want to dive into the episode? Sure. Sure. Yeah, let's, let's do it. So I was, I think I was saying that we start off the episode. I'm, I have a little uh, cheat sheet here. That's okay. Absolutely. No. We start off the episode with Alaska, uh, who was part of this little trio, this little alliance with Roxy and Detox, and they call themselves Rolaska Tox. Horrible name. Terrible name. Really bad. But what happened was alaska was the only one who hadn't won a challenge and i think michelle maybe the previous week was like girl you care more about this this alliance than you do winning um and so that's why alaska was like okay now i gotta break away from the pack and do my own thing so we get to the mini challenge and as graham mentioned it was a reading challenge because reading is what fundamental fundamental not essential we'll work on that uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oof. uh and um so if you don't know what that is each queen comes up they grab a pair of sunglasses which is hilarious to me every time it's always that one bit like that singular it changes. Oh, it's always it's always a different pair of glasses it's always right <laughs> But this and they always look often. like dollar store, like cheap, like pink yeah. or like kids sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. It typically happens once, maybe twice a season. Okay. Um, and so each queen comes up and they read, quote unquote, the queens uh, one by one. Again, bad editing. You don't get to see a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, I do. One of my favorite jokes was. When Alaska said um, to detox, she's like, you're so seductive, but it's illegal to do anything with you because all of your body parts are under 18. That was that was good. From that moment, Alaska Alaska kind of killed it this episode. She did. Yeah. So Alaska won the mini challenge. Um, Part of the challenge. um, Oh. Alaska gets to decide in the mini challenge. So they're told that they're doing this RuPaul roast and Alaska gets to um, decide the order of the roast. And then typically RuPaul would would, um, 
Oh, no, no, no. RuPaul tells them who the guest comedians that are gonna, that they're working with. And we get Bruce Valanche. The only, he was the only one that I knew prior to this. Zach, were you familiar with Bruce Valanche? I was not. Oh, he was the one that was glasses. Yeah. I feel like I'd seen him in something before, but I did. I, I'm unfamiliar. I, I thought he, he was, was just like the vodka guy. Like he worked for the absolute vodka. No, 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 no. The ones that were coaching them during the big the guy. Album. Oh, oh, the very oh, the distinct coaches. look. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about yeah. the judges. Yeah. So Bruce was a, a big time comedian, particularly in like the nineties. Um, but he was a writer as well. He wrote for Lily Tomlin, Roseanne, Billy Crystal, Rosie O'Donnell. Um, worked I love on all of those people. <laughs> What'd you say? I love all of those. People I know that's why I'm kind of surprised you don't know. Him. <laughs> yeah, I know. He also used to write the for the for the Oscars. Like he wrote the all the jokes. Oh, like um, the Billy Crystal, Whoopi Goldberg Oscars. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Back in the day. Um, and he was in some he was in a few movies as well um but he also was really known for being on hollywood squares the tv show mm. um so so whoopi goldberg brought back hollywood squares in like the late 90s y'all know what the hollywood hollywood squares yeah what was the the really famous dude he was always the center square and he was on Bewitched in the like 1960s and 70s. Oh, on the you mean you mean on the, the original one? I always think of that guy whenever I think of Hollywood Squares. Yeah, He's like, how are you? That's how we talk. He was yeah, he was the original guy. What's his name? Yeah, I can't think of his name. Um, dang, sorry, you caught me off. Hold guard. on, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Uh, let's see. It is Paul Lind. Holland, yes, thank yeah, you. Paul Lind, yeah. And so, Graham, if you don't know, so Hollywood Squares, like, there's these, there's these big squares, and these celebrities sit in them, um, and it, it's a, it's a game show essentially. It's just a they play, game. they're playing tic tac toe, kind of. They're playing tic tac toe, and there's two contestants, like asking questions of the celebrities. And if they get it right, then that their box turns into a, like an X or an O. And the celebrities always make like little fake, little innuendo sexual jokes, and you know it's always, yeah. I think Betty White was really big in the in the nineteen sixties and seventies version. She was yeah. a really popular guest. It kind of looks like that. That looks They're... familiar. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 shown in like Futurama and uh, like a bunch of cartoons and TV shows have referenced it. I'm sure that you've seen. Probably. So anyway, he was on the Whoopi Goldberg version uh, from the late '90s, um, where Whoopi was the, the 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 middle square. Anyway, so that's Bruce. So Bruce Valanche, Nadia Ginsburg, and Devin Green were the were the the coaches. Um, she has a uh, Devin Green has a popular character, America's Best Christian. Like I think it's a viral video kind of thing. Like a comedy thing that she does um on the main challenge this week it's a it's a it's a roast and the great thing about rupaul is you can say anything rupaul's number one thing is just make me laugh just make me laugh that's all you got to do and it'll be great uh and they are very self-deprecating that's the thing i i really enjoy too so <laughs> we kind of get 
to Alyssa Edwards, who I think is my favorite drag queen, who thinks her jokes are oh. jokes. Oh, hilarious. Uh, and you see oh Alyssa God. laughing to himself. <laughs> and the other queens are like, what the hell? <laughs> completely like, annoyed. Completely annoyed. <laughs> Just tell us or shut up. Right. <laughs> and so then she tells him one of the jokes and gets no laughs. From Nothing. <laughs> uh, sidebar. I went to my very first drag like show, not like drag show, like at a club, but like a show show. It was Alyssa Edwards. Oh, wow. Phenomenal, phenomenal sort of one man show, essentially. Uh, phenomenal. What do you, you said not like a club. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like What's a a, what is a drag like, show? Yeah. At a nightclub, they're like lip syncing and stuff, but this was a show like, Alyssa was singing and dancing. It was it was basically the story of Alyssa's life to become Alyssa Edwards. And you don't really see it in this episode, but Alyssa is like a very glamorous drag queen. Um, and he, as a man, owns a dance studio mm-hmm. uh, like in Texas and is a huge, like, like a dance mom's kind of thing and has a show mm-hmm. on Netflix. Oh, wow. uh, TV show on Netflix, all about the 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 dance, uh, his dance studio and stuff. Like this is Alyssa. You don't get that on this episode. Oh yeah, very glammed up. That's what Alyssa looks like like now. Um, but well, she's the show rich now, <laughs> yeah, the show was so good, very entertaining, lots of dance. He's a huge, like amazing dancer. Uh, very very good, very entertaining. But anyway, um. So yeah, that's kind of what that drag show like. Like, not all the queens do that, but certain ones of them do. A lot of them have theater, a lot of theater experience. Um, so then Michelle comes in uh, and gives everybody advice. Which the editing again. You seem so oh, mean. Well, also yeah. a lot of it just wasn't constructive, and like several times the 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 coaches said like, "Well, you're roasting them, but make sure we're not insulting." anybody and i'm like is that not what a roast is like you're trying to at least kind of insult the person well i think they said i think it was more about like insult them but it's got to be funny because i think they were some of the things some of the some of those were not jokes oh yeah just an insult it was just like hey you you stink and you're a horrible person like <laughs> <laughs> Like what she said, I think it was Alyssa who was like, Santino, Santino Rice, something, blah, 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 blah. Just go fall off a cliff. Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel about Santino. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. So we'll get to, we'll get back to, 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 to freaking Santino. <clears throat> I like Coco, Coco Montrese. Coco Montrese's uh, idea of being a child a, a cousin um of rupaul during the during the, the rooster projects yep <laughs> rooster projects that was really funny and little background Alyssa, who we were just talking about and coco came in with this rivalry into mm. this neither one of them knew the other would be on the season but they both competed in this i think it's like 
Miss Drag USA. And Alyssa won the competition, but for whatever reason had to give up her crown. And Coco was the runner up and got the crown. So they always kind of had this beef before coming into the show. Graham looks really confused. I was just wondering why someone would have to give up their crown. I don't know. We've never actually found out why, but I, some for some reason, Alyssa was not holding up her drag, Miss Drag USA responsibilities. Like doping or something? Those... Like how do you? <laughs> doping. I don't know. I don't know. And it could have just been like maybe you had to make a certain these appearances, and maybe she didn't make the appearances, or maybe you know, I'm okay. not sure. But the the first few episodes, you really see their rivalry. Mm. But I think by this episode, they've kind of, you know, made up. Yeah. Uh, side note: I I never heard the term reading like this. Oh, um, was, was I the only one? Did were you all? You all I only know it from watching the three seasons of the show that I've watched that it's okay. like a mini yeah, roast. When you is, read that, is that something RuPaul made up? I don't I think, think that's a, a big up. thing in drag. It's kind of how drag queens talk to each other. And now it's it's a lot of people say, oh, she read you, you know, or there's a term like, you know, she read you for filth. Like it's a very drag queen <laughs> slash black culture uh word a lot of those a lot of the references from rupaul's drag race come from this movie called paris is burning where you i i think it's like a documentary basically about drag queens i've never seen it but i know a lot of the references kind of come from that movie from the early early 90s or maybe late 80s um speaking of late jinx monsoon can't stay us awake oh <laughs> that was funny because he actually does have narcolepsy <laughs> I, felt, I felt so bad but also like maybe like leave the room like go take a nap i don't know like, <laughs> why are you just sitting there falling asleep everyone's laughing at you and they weren't waking i wouldn't either it's competition you know yeah uh, like hey we're here to compete yeah uh, and so so you see jinx kind of falling asleep and then most of the most of them kind of bomb in front of the mentors in front of the coaches um but alaska opens the show she's great her jokes land really well her i do think alaska was the best one yeah her full name is alaska thunderfuck that's her oh name. oh lord yes. wow <laughs> my goodness um so alaska that on the show yeah Alaska opens the show, does well, and uh, then you get Roxy, who bombed. bombed. That was that was, was hard that. to watch. In fact, I laughed. I, that might have been my biggest laugh was how bad it was. Ugh. Well, you know, I it's, uh, my I watched it with my sister. She made a good comment that I think is absolutely right. I feel like they absolutely put in the microphone feedback. Like, when they, like, <laughs> get close to it, yeah, it would make, like, the poop noise. But they, I think they totally put it in the, like... I think they did, too, for a list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, then we get Coco, who's the, who's the one who does the, the Brewster Project's cousin of RuPaul. Which, uh, the character was big, and it was there. Yeah, and I was surprised by that. You know, like, Coco is not known as... A, and she says it later, like, it's Jinx and Alaska who are known who as... Are known as comedy queen 
And you know what, Graham, that's a good point of reference, actually. So certain queens come in and they're known as like the comedy queens or the fashion queens or the uh, pageant queens who do like the pageants and stuff. Is that you know, different than fashion funny. queen? Fashion is like they can make really glamorous looks uh, on the runway, but pageants are way more presentational and big gaudy gowns. They're pretty. Yeah. yeah. They, know how to like, pretty. they know how to like present themselves really well on the runway, whereas fashion is like, think more like print models, like magazines, like... Mm. You know what I mean? High fashion. I see. Sense. Okay. More yeah. about the clothes. More about the clothes. Yeah. Um, and some of them like are amazing at making their own costumes, but some of them don't even know how to sew at all. Um, that seems like a huge hindrance. It is. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is. But then imagine when one of those queens wins a design challenge where they have to design their own dress. And one of the queens who doesn't know how to sew literally glues costumes together and wins. It creates a lot of drama. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Very entertaining. So uh, uh, Ivy Winters, who's very sweet, very nice. In fact, she wins Miss Congeniality of the season. Mm. Uh, meaning her other, the other queens on the show vote her as... Mm their favorite the sweetest or whatever she has a couple little things but all in all meh um Alyssa bomb um and I don't know why she leaned into that mic the whole time like that was it's I think that was a nervousness thing yeah it was um detox did okay um she's the one that kept dropping f-bombs yep and yeah. RuPaul made that point where, like, that's clearly a sign of a lack of confidence, which is totally true. Like, you see any kind of comedy, someone's saying the F word a lot, it's because they don't know what else to say. Yeah. And I like Detox. I think Detox has a certain uh, je ne sais quoi. Uh, but, yeah. And and didn't Detox, like, lose his place in the notes as well and was like, my handwriting's so little, I gotta, like, look at I, I, it. I, oh, yeah, yeah. A couple of them seem to lose their place a few times. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, and then, um, oh, Detox was the last was the last person. So then the judges do their critiques. Um, Alyssa and Roxy were clearly the bottom. Uh, Absolutely. The bottom two. Uh, did y'all think Coco should have won, or did y'all think Alaska should have won? I thought Alaska should have won. That was my opinion but also they do judge on like their outfits too like that's a part of the roast and they were saying that alaska's outfit was not creative enough like they were bored with her look yeah so that may have been an aspect of it yeah yeah i found alaska to be funnier overall um but i felt coco was more creative which seems to be like very big to all of them um with this character and of course and the outfit was a little more um exciting so i i see why they gave it to coco so so coco wins her first challenge and now alaska is the only one who's not won a challenge this season uh and then we get to a yeah she's the only one and then we get to a very iconic drag race moment so so uh Aly- Alyssa and Roxy lip sync to 
Whip My Hair by Willow Smith as like Willow a nine-year-old. Uh, and I was like, did this song come out yet? When did this? <laughs> when was the season? I think this must have been like peak popularity of that song. I feel like it would have had to have been. It must have just came out because I think it's what was this season? I I don't know where I read two thousand nine. I that can't actually be right. I, I think you're close. I think it was maybe twenty like fourteen, maybe. Um, oh no, RuPaul's Drag Race started in two thousand nine. Yeah, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it had to have been like the 2013. Yeah. Um, how old were you guys in 2013? 15 years old. 14 for half a year, 15 for half that year. Yeah, 2013. I was in like eighth, eighth grade. grade. However, however old you are in eighth grade. Yeah. Eight. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> eighth grade. That's what they do, right? That's how school works. Yeah, eight in eighth grade. So I was obviously. Uh, so. Roxy does a wig reveal, which I think may be the first wig reveal on the show ever, where she starts singing and takes off a wig, and there's another wig underneath. Uh, did you miss so that? that no, I saw that. I didn't, and and everyone looked really like surprised, and I guess it was surprising, but I was like, that seemed like a completely normal thing to happen in well, this world. Here's the problem. It didn't happen at a great moment in the song. She should have waited until like the climax of the song yeah. and then do it. That's normally what they would do. Yeah. Um, Cause then everybody really would have been like, yeah, you know, but and I think the first one ever actually. I think she was probably like, nervous. Had she was horrible. If like you're, if you only have one wig and it falls off, isn't that like a really big deal? That is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So I was to purposefully pull a wig off, it's a big move. Yeah, because I would yeah, imagine yeah. The, that that one on the bottom, the base wig, has to be like real tight. And I mean, you wouldn't. We're both doing that. They pin uh-huh. that stuff in. Yeah. Yeah, Which like makes how? me think she probably knew that she was going to be in the bottom too. Like, why would she bust that out? The... Yeah, she may have known. However, they do leave the runway. So, oh, they do? So when the judges give them the critiques, RuPaul then sends them away while mm. the judges make their decision. So it's probably then that she uh, went and did that. Yeah, she probably knew. I'm I'm in some deep shit right now. Uh, oh. Graham, would you like to know what will get you almost immediately eliminated from a lip sync for your life? Like, will make, will make you lose? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, drag is not a contact sport. <laughs> so if you start to like fight or physically like get in an um, altercation, which happens in the earlier seasons a couple of times, you're immediately just booted out get, of there. Get her off of me! Yeah, oh my god, was that the first season or the second? I remember I think it that. Was season three, maybe. Like she, like a, a a queen picks a literal other queen up, and she screams yeah! in the middle of lip sync for your life, and wow. uh, the queen that picks her up gets eliminated. And That's RuPaul wild. says, RuPaul says, drag is not a contact sport. <laughs> That's and that's and that's repeated at another point just because like they start to because I think the first time that happens it's just like shoving and like it's not it's not like a big deal and then the second time it happens is that big blow up with carrying somebody (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. I thought they were very um, courteous to each other with the stage space. I was like, wow, they're really both just like slowly go- making their way to the middle and then coming back. Like they were you each show your own talent. Most of the time they do a great job of like navigating. But sometimes there will be a queen who's like, I'm going to stand in front of you. Uh, I'm taking over. Or you get know. off the stage and stand in front of the judges and like do the splits in front of them or death drop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is well, I always makes me nervous to see a death drop. Um, yeah, yeah, you never get used to it. No, <laughs> you never get used to it. It, no. it, it it's terrifying. terrifying. There's a they there's died. an ancient video of, of Alonzo lore of you doing a death drop into a pile of loose wood. Oh, I have right. that. Let's let's move forward. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah the reveals on the show are pretty iconic like people love a reveal that in fact there's one season i don't know what season it is where there's a clear front runner all season i may have to pull up the video but there's a clear front runner all freaking season and then one queen during the finale final two does this really cool thing and wins the competition just based on this one thing they do in in that victory. It is very cool. Um, and then you don't see it coming. Um, it, it's, a, it's, it's very cool. And in, in the all-star seasons, what they do is they don't eliminate, wait, 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 am I making this up? In some of the all-star seasons, they don't eliminate anybody, but the winner has to lip sync against a mystery queen who comes back um, from previous seasons. Um, And you just, you don't know who you're going to have to lip sync again. And if you win, you win $5,000. If that queen wins, they get, in the later seasons, there's a lot of money on the line. Every episode, $5,000. Like, and then... But if the if the guest queen wins, then nobody gets the money and it rolls over to the next week. And so there have been times where you're competing for $30,000 in a lip sync. Just on yeah. one episode. Just one episode. Yeah. That's wow. crazy. I mean, the whole pot of this season is 100000 So Exactly. Well, and that's why I, actually some of the earlier queens from the earlier seasons want to come back and do like all-stars because the money is just astronomically different, you know? So what is, what is the, the grand prize for, sorry. What is the grand prize for all-stars? I think for all-stars, it's $200,000 for the new seasons. Now I can't remember, maybe it's 500,000 or 750,000. Um, and I mean, that's like, that's, that's what you went on big brother. It is. And again you're competing and and then there's random competitions where you get a thousand dollars or twenty five hundred dollars or what like the mini challenges twenty five hundred dollars but it all of that happened because a lot of the drag queens were complaining because it's like we literally put our life savings like on the line to come here to get all the all the outfits made some of the some of them you get made in advance so they get a list of some of the types of costumes they need for the episodes. And then there's a few episodes where they just have to make it from scratch. But some of the episodes, it's like, 
um, bring something orange, bring something Christmas themed, bring some, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, bring something with, it's all denim, that kind of thing. So each challenge has a theme. So a lot of it they're prepared for, but you got to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars getting all of these clothes made. Oh my you know? gosh. I mean, wigs alone. Wigs alone. I mean, a really great wig is several hundred dollars. I would have imagined they supplied those things for them. Ooh, none of it. Now, there are certain episodes where it's like, feel free to use this these wigs from blah, 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 blah. But for the most part, you got to bring all that stuff. Good. Lord. I mean, I guess if you are a drag queen, like, and you're big enough to make it on the show, I'd imagine you have some of that stuff already, right? Oh, some, some. Like, I know drag queens that and people are like, why don't you go on Drag Race? And they're like, I can't afford to. There's no way I could afford to s- spend all this money. And then here's the thing. What if you spend all this money on all these costumes and you're the first or second one eliminated? True. And you got to take off work too. Like, or yeah. you do it for, you take off work for six weeks, you make it to the end and you don't win, you know? Yeah. And listen, these people have real jobs. Most of them have regular jobs too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's. But is there like a second place? Like on a is. lot of shows, there's a second place prize and things like that. I mean, you might, there's no guarantee you get second, but. You know what? They don't. Only Miss Congeniality, which is voted on by the uh, Miss Congeniality, Miss Congeniality used to be like fan favorite, like the fans voted on it, like who was the nicest or the most likable. But now Miss Congeniality, I think, is chosen by the other queens. But I think they get like seventy five thousand dollars or something. Oh, geez. That's a lot. I've, yeah. So I've never seen that movie. I don't know what that reference is. I'm assuming it has something to do with being nice. Oh, Miss Congeniality was before right. the movie Miss Congeniality. It's a pageant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't coin that term for the CDB right. film. I've never so thought, seen that movie. I assumed it was like, I didn't, so I don't know when the movie came out. I assumed it was the movie came out. It has something to do with this. And RuPaul was like, that fits this into this. This is the most like Sandra Bullock. <laughs> That's what I was like. Okay, I guess that fits into this somehow. I Ram. don't know. Ram. But to be fair, this is the This is the straightest I've ever. This this whole process of this week has been hilarious. You are so funny. Congenial would be like just means to be nice, and that's a yeah, like, oh, instead of winning genial. Miss America, you can also win Miss Congeniality. Yes. Oh, so did the movie take that from RuPaul? Yes. Oh, oh no, oh, they took it from no. pageants, like pageants. Oh, that's like all. So that's, that's Miss America. Term. Yeah, it's, it's like a term used. And for the that movie, you should see the movie. It's a great movie. It's but a good the, movie. It's it's a great movie, and the movie is Sandra Bullock is an FBI agent, and she basically goes undercover in Miss America, the Miss America pageant. And she's not congenial at all. She's like a yeah. tomboy. She's like a, but they have to turn her into this pageant queen so that oh. it's believable. I'll add that to my Michael Caine. Yeah. Michael Caine is the coach, and uh, William Shatner plays the William host Shatner. of the show. Candace, is Candace Bergen? Is that who? Candace Bergen is, like, is in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll yeah, add this, it to the list. Regina the King. sequel is also oh, no. really good. Regina King's Reg- in the second one. Yeah, Regina King's her partner in the sequel, and that's one of the selling points to the sequel is Regina King's yeah. great. How is there a sequel to, like, I'm I'm looking at the, the poster for the sequel, like, is she not? She's in Vegas this time. Do they, I guess, I guess the first movie she's never caught, or you're not. She's not, caught. I don't there are, there's they they learn that she's a cop, but you know she has to go back undercover in a different scenario. It's a sequel from the early two thousands. They just kind of shoved it into the theater as quick as possible. And it's like, I mean, there was a Paul Blart Mall cop too. They there 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 doesn't need to you know if there was a sequel if it was a moderately successful movie, it got a sequel. It didn't matter if the continuity. Well, because it. in the first one she becomes really famous and like she kind of starts to like. Oh yeah. Fame. And she's and like it, the face of the FBI in the sequel. Yes. yes. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah. also a pageant. I love how she's just wearing this dress in the poster and has like a gun holstered to her hip. Yeah. It really, really, really sells everything you need to know. You're really getting the gist of the film with Miss Swinging around some handcuffs. I guess. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I have the DVD. I've seen it plenty of times. I'm sure. Yeah, I've seen if it's that's one of those movies that like. If it's on TV, I'm watching it. <laughs> I just move my phone over and I have the poster right there. <laughs> like, I know what she looks like. I think like. I've seen the poster before. Listen, in my household, Sandra Bullock was royalty growing up. We, Are you kidding me? Like, love Sandra Bullock Sandra was America's sweetheart. Practical like, Magic? Speed? Come on. Speed 2, where she's the lead? No. I haven't no, seen another one speed. of these movies. Wait, 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 wait. Pause. You've never seen Speed? Keanu no. Reeves. Keanu Reeves, come on. No, I've never seen that. Man, yeah, we're, we're starting to have to do another add it to the like classic add it to the list. Uh, or the practical magic. I'm, I'm adding both of these to the list. Speed You've never there. seen practical magic? <laughs> no. What both the... of these came out before I was born. No. Okay, Graham. Yeah. Same sure. here. <laughs> We're the same age, basically. Wait, when did Practical Magic come out? Like 1998. Oh, 98. Wait, so when were you born? 98. So unless it was a Christmas oh. holiday release, it came out before I was born. It came out the summer of 1998, which is weird because it was a super Halloween-y movie. I, that's, it looks super Halloween-y. It, the it's related films is Bewitched and both Hocus Pocuses. Yeah, it's a Halloween movie. It's about witches. Yeah, but it came out not then. When did it come out? I even like All About Steve. I love Sandra Bullock. I, seen, I don't think I've seen All About Steve. She won a Razzie for that one. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I religiously watched, watched that when we had cable for a split moment, and we get, we had, like, a special, like, one month of HBO, and I recorded that movie on oh, HBO. Practical Ma- Magic came out on October 16th, the day after I was born. Okay, so it is, it is <laughs> as old as you. <laughs> nice. oh, sorry Literally I didn't watch it. After infant grand. In, the, in the infant wing. <laughs> I feel like they're just going to have to do some Sandra Bullock movies now because now I'm thinking about all the Oceans movies. Uh, she, she's only in like the reboot, right? I think you might be thinking of Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah, she's only in the reboot. Sorry. Because Julia, Julia Roberts is also is in the, the Ocean. Movie. And I always yeah. mix those two up too. Okay, Crash, one of the greatest movies of all time. Never seen that. My fa- my, one of my personal favorite Oscar... Wait, 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 wait. 
wait. You guys have never seen Crash? No. No. Come on. Look, oh, ooh. It was Graham, up against Brokeback look, Mountain. I don't know why we're doing this rewind reality. Film of the year. And it was a huge upset because it, it was a huge upset because it beat Brokeback Mountain as the movie of the year. And literally people were on TV, like Jack Nicholson presenting the award was like, was like, whoa. <laughs> because everybody expected Brokeback Mountain to win that year. And Crash was the upset. Los Angeles Citizens with vastly huh? separate lines. Oh, sorry. I don't no, see Sandra a... Bullock on this. She's in the movie. On yeah, crash? she's second billing. Yeah. Yes. Maybe I clicked on the wrong crash. Are you looking at the 1996 crash? movie or the 2004 movie? 1996. It's 2004 is Crash. Okay. Wow. It's an all-star cast, guys. Sandra Bullock, Don Cheadle, Matt Dillon, Jennifer Espinito, Esposito, Terrence Howard, Ludacris, Danny Newton, Ryan Phillippe. Come on. Lorenz Tate, great film. Obviously. Okay. Have you seen the proposal, Graham? I have seen the proposal. Okay, it's a good one, you see. <laughs> sure, I have. saw that in theaters. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. You saw that in the theater? I didn't see that in theaters. Damn. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a, something of a cinemaphile, obviously. I'm so disappointed. I've seen the proposal in theaters. I think I know a thing or two. Yeah, so I even remember the on the poster, she has like, why do I feel like she's holding a gun up against him? Clearly she's holding she an wasn't. engagement. She's holding an engagement ring. Oh yeah, there wouldn't have been a gun. Neither one of them are involved. Neither in law one of them. Or... Ooh, I know where we were talking about RuPaul's Drag Race, and we're just talking about Sandra Bullock now. But what about the Heat? Either of y'all seen the Heat? I have seen the Heat in theaters. That's a, that's a great one. Yeah, with uh, Mel- that was one with Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Give us more rated R Melissa McCarthy comedies. What happened to those? That was Where the first they? rated R movie I ever oh. saw with my mom. Oh wow, that's crazy! Yeah. Loved, loved the string of Melissa McCarthy movies for sure. What happened? She started. She was like, "I got a TV job. I'm comfortable." Well, wrong. Mike and Molly was a well. See, I don't know. I think it's on record that I was into watching Mike and Molly for a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, you know, the Mike and Molly thing took off and people thought whenever she became popular with Mike and Molly, she also became popular after Bridesmaids and started making all these movies. People thought that she stopped making Mike and Molly because of the movies, but they loved making that show. Also, it was a network show. They were getting like $3 million Uh an episode uh, and they really wanted to keep making it. But, yeah, the network just canceled the show. Yeah. I feel like her movie Spy didn't do very well. I loved Spy. Also, The Boss didn't do very well. What's the one with uh, Michael Bateman? Michael Bateman? Where, Jason oh, Bateman? Identity Thief. Identity, Identity Thief. Thief. Love that one, that too. One's funny. That one's uh, funny. I, I like all of them, even The Boss, which is arguably not a very good movie. <laughs> oh, I didn't like one of them. Tammy was rough. Tammy was not great. <laughs> Tammy it, was ridiculous. It looks pretty rough. Like so, uh the person so, playing her mom, I'm pretty sure was like five years older than her. Um, to wrap up <laughs> our, the drag right, RuPaul's oh, drag race. Right, RuPaul. Um yeah, RuPaul. Um to wrap up, uh, uh 
I want to know what, what we thought, Graham. First time ever watching Drag Race. And now you have a little bit more context mm-hmm. after we discussed some of it. So I think I meant I, this was probably before we started recording, um, but it felt to me when I first started like a show that wasn't real. It felt like a like a spoof reality show, I guess, just because everyone was so ridiculous and so over the top and the cuts were really hard and um, aggressive. And I also just did I didn't know, like, I didn't have a lot of this context. I was like, what what are we competing for? What is being a drag queen all about? Um, knowing all of that, it makes a little more sense now. I think had I started at the beginning and maybe was a little more invested in these people, I might care a little more. Um, but I like the performance aspects. Like I, I, I think starting with this comedy one, um, more comedy focused episode was good for me. Um, I was a little more up my alley and I could appreciate their performances i guess but i don't know if i would be invested in the show overall i don't really care that much about like the fashion like pageantry of it um occasionally i get invested in reality shows like behind the scenes the competition and sort of the interplay between like the contestants but it all just seemed kind of like super heightened and ridiculous um which could be funny, but it just, I wasn't super invested in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So overall, Which I'm with you. I'm not. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 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 Yeah. Overall, I see the appeal. Um, I understand why you would have it on. Maybe it's like a background show. It's very bombastic and funny. To, um, but not something I feel super invested in myself. That's how I felt when I first started watching it, actually. And it was only because everybody around me watches the show that I even was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I I didn't know it was going to be like all the challenges and stuff, which I enjoyed. Not super big into the fashion. I'm impressed by it. Like I'm often wowed by it Mm -hmm. and how some of these people transform. I mean, some of these guys are not attractive men, stereotypically attractive men but mm-hmm. are gorgeous women, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, anywho, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Now, who do you think, and Zach, you didn't watch this season. So who do you guys think wins the season? Well, you telling me that Alaska hasn't won a challenge yet was surprising. I thought Alaska would win because my ultimate problem with Drag Race, the reason why I kind of stopped watching it, uh, was I don't know what Delta works first season is because I'm pretty sure she makes an appearance in like all stars at some point um but I was frustrated at the fact that it seemed like the queens that did well were just the attractive queens um and that was kind of like a big critique for me and I was like well Alaska's attractive and that's why I kind of thought that she was kind of a shoe in to win but I think all the queens this year as queens are relatively attractive so it's kind of a toss-up but I don't know I uh, maybe the one that you said you really enjoy, what was her name? Alyssa. Alyssa. I would be guess I would guess Alyssa. I would guess yeah. um honestly the two front runners of this episode to me, because I only have one episode to go on, clearly seemed like the strongest. They seemed like the most charismatic. 
um, maybe the smartest. Like they were clearly witty and able to come up with this stuff quickly, which I don't know how much that plays into their other strengths like fashion and whatnot. So this this seems very much apart from the biggest aspects of drag as far as I understand it. Um, the the comedy and the writing bit, but they did seem really strong. Uh, Coco and Alaska. They they mentioned something about Alaska sort of always having the same look. Um, and I wasn't even imp- very impressed by Alaska's look this episode. It didn't seem very elegant or um big. Yeah. You know, just seemed pretty tame. Looking at all these other queens, um. So I don't know, maybe Coco. Interesting. Well, something you said, Zach, that I do think was a criticism of the show is like the types of queens that win. And in yeah. later seasons, you see more weird queens uh, off the beaten path, like a little bit more like artistic. Well, you said Sharon like, Needles wins the season before this one. So Sharon it seems Needles. like season four would be when that changed. Because I remember the first season, the queen that wins, I I did not like the queen that wins the first season. Mm-hmm. Is it the first season or the second season? Um, the first one is BB, BB Zahara Benet. She's from Africa. Oh no, not her. The one second season. Second RuPaul's season. I don't second remember. Season winner. Second season. Uh I'm Googling. Hold on. Let me see. Uh it was it is, yeah, Tyra Sanchez. Um Yes. Did not like no Tyra Sanchez. Oh really? No, I agree. And no longer a drag queen and banned from drag race. <clears throat> Had a big falling out with RuPaul, right? Like said RuPaul was like abusive yes. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Big falling out. So, okay. So here's who the order of who goes. So the next person eliminated from this season is Ivy Winters. The 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 tall, Thanks. sweet one that wins Miss Congeniality. I, I want to say side note, I I found it funny the way RuPaul said everyone's names, specifically Ivy Winters. Ivy Winters. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I, I always thought that was weird, but then she says later, I think on the finale, that Latoya Jackson, Michael Jackson's sister, there's somebody named somebody Winters, a part of Latoya Jackson's show, it, like in the 90s or something, and it's how she said their name every single time, and that's why RuPaul calls Ivy oh. Winters the way. <laughs> Just a like weird everything is a reference. Cut. Everything is a reference to everything. So in the finale, Latoya, she brings Latoya out on stage and Latoya introduces Ivy Winters, which is hilarious. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> I could I could imagine that sort of referential, like everything's a reference to something else is part of the long-term appeal for like bit hardcore fans of the show. Like there's always, yeah, like later in the yeah. seasons, I'm imagining you know every other line there's probably a reference or a quip that they're in on it is and they they, uh like an example of that is i the first who's the first queen that was ever eliminated but they use her name as a term like i don't want to be this pork chop pork chop i don't want to be pork chop yeah they say they now RuPaul says you you get the chop like you're leaving the chop pork chop because pork chop (laughs) was the first one out which Look, it, mm, 
Aiden, in my in my assumption that it is it is uh, th- that's another thing. Like I saw, like talented, uh, more heavier set queens that weren't getting further in the competition that should have gotten further. As I kept watching, that was another frustrating thing for me. Yeah, they they made jokes about um I want I don't remember who the one who bombs about um Rocky's Roxy. breast size. When I heard that, I was like that there is no that would not have gotten the laughs that it got then. Nope, and. Uh, they said she was a three X. I'm like, she, she, like Roxy always got critiqued for how big she was. She's not very big at all. And there were significantly bigger queens before her that were yeah, a part of the. It's a weird thing, but I think it's because she's a beauty, like a, like a, like a fashion queen, and normally thicker girls aren't fashion queens. I think More that's comedy. why. They're more comedy, yeah. But again, that changes, particularly when you get, like I said, Carson Kressley on the show, Ross Matthews. It's more, they lean into the comedy more. So I think the comedy queens, and some of them happen to be bigger, just do better in the later seasons, Mm -hmm. for sure. So anyway, so Ivy Winters is eliminated. And then after Ivy is Alyssa Edwards. Hmm. Huh? Yep. And Alyssa Edwards famously says, I was the fifth alternate on season five of RuPaul's Travis. <laughs> That's funny. Um, after Alyssa is Coco Montrese. Ah. Darn. Yep. Grand choice. You lose money. Uh, after Coco, there's four people in the finale, four finalists. And then the the fourth place winner is Detox, who was the mm-hmm. tall queen that went last in the in the roast. Third place is Roxy, who we were we were just talking about. Second place is Alaska. So Alaska was the runner up of the season, and the winner was Jinx Monsoon. Oh, see, I feel like that I everybody heard that name. You have heard that name. Jinx is very popular and actually was just on Broadway in Chicago, the musical. Oh. Wow. Which one oh, was Jinx? Oh, as uh, Mama Mae Morton, right? I'm seeing a photo yep, of her. Yeah, right Mama Morton. Jinx was the one everybody was kind of like beating up on, like the redhead, the ginger. Um, and they had like short during the road. The one who was like, "I'm, I'm, I'm being genuine when I talk about how yes, I'm and insecure. the yes, okay." And they had narcolepsy. Right? The one, the one with narcolepsy. Wow, would not have guessed. Would not have guessed. And Jinx, to me, one of the greatest queens on the show ever. Wow. And you really start to see that in the rest of the season, and in so they had a season all stars seven, I think where it's all stars all winners so it's an all winners season um, and jinx wins that season as well oh so she beats true. every all of the queens who won the show yeah jinx wow. is phenomenal and hilarious does great impressions zach you would love her impression of like liza minnelli and well, see i uh, love like, snatch game i love it yeah her snatch game she did she did Judy Garland. It is oh. some of the best stuff I've ever seen. Oh, it's freaking hilarious. Um, and she's like a think of her like as a cabaret singer, you know, those kind of things. And just, just great. 
um, as a theater person, I just really appreciate Jinx. Um, but anyway, so that's, great name that's Drag too. Race. Jinx Monsoon. Yeah. And and great tagline at the at the finale said he says, Get ready, bitches. It's monsoon season. That's great. Good. That's good. It's good. It's good. It's a good <laughs> All right. Well, that's drag race. Look at us. That's yeah. That there it is. Um yeah, so I, I would have, I guess cool. I'd ask how likely you all are to continue watching, but Zach, are, is this going to get you back into drag? drag well, I was race? talking to my sister, and uh, I was like, this does make me want to start watching a season again, because it is great to start, like, if you were to start watching the show, Graham, ever, start with the beginning, because you had this full appreciation for, like, the world that got built. The beginning ones are not as great or PC, Ooh, like a lot the of the judges... A lot of the judges will say, like, oh, I thought you weren't. You look so much like a girl. So many of the critiques are, like, how much they actually look like a woman. It's, like, how much are you passing? Uh, which is a huge thing. Where, where, where so That's not really what they're judged for now. It's Even though a- they do look like women. But that's not something they comment on. Like, it's so many times you'll hear, like, Kathy Griffin say, I forgot you were a man while you were performing or something like that. Which is, you know, not a great thing to say to a drag queen to their face. Well, so, but isn't that like, I would think that would be a compliment, I guess, maybe as a drag queen. It's like, a isn't compliment, that but it's not necessarily because like drag queens aren't trans, you know, they're not trans. They're not saying they're women, but they are saying they're women in, in drag. Uh, like these characters are specific, like refer to me as she, but I really don't think, because of course it's not said anymore. They don't say like, oh, you're totally passing. And I think the phrase is, Alonzo, correct me if I'm wrong. The overarching phrase of passing as a woman is giving fish. Is that right? That's right. What? Yeah. That seems yeah. like yeah, way like, more of an insult. If you're a fishy queen, it means you look like a woman. That's what yeah. that's what that reference because is. Because if they were trying to just look like women, they wouldn't do the giant eyeshadow and a huge wig and like a woman walking exactly. down the street doesn't doesn't have Trixie Mattel makeup that is like a full rectangle on her eyes. Sure. Like being a drag queen is different than being a woman. You can't you shouldn't be saying, oh you look like a woman. You look like a drag queen. That that makes sense. That makes sense. But I I would feel like you are going for a feminine look, especially some of these guys who, you know, maybe have like their face just seems pretty traditionally masculine to be able to turn that into a very traditionally feminine looking face which um, they do take as a compliment it's like okay that's a good thing but mm-hmm. but well, if you and, watch like a newer thing they will not comp- compliment them on passing as a woman they won't use that that's phrasing. Not the, because often those earlier judges didn't have a lot of history with drag so they didn't know what to critique them on yeah but yeah. that's why we were talking about Instagram, like you weren't sure like that they're being judged more on their comedy on their fashion on their whatever because some of them are not trying to look now some of them are trying to look like a woman and that they that's why there are some of them are called fishy queens now some women some cisgendered women find it to be offensive <laughs> uh the By word drag fishy. to be a- oh the term no, the no, word no, no, no. fishy because it's as bad as you think it is. If you that's think exactly, what, I was like, what? as bad as you think it is, that's what it means. Yes. Okay. Well, then I I would under I'd be like, why? <laughs> why are we choosing that? Like yeah. the 
so fishy is they use that term if you seem to be if you look Passing like a woman as a woman basically yeah yes yes <laughs> is is are, is this the the direction of progress i don't like, <laughs> I, I i think i think too you got to remember drag offense was and this is one reason i wasn't into drag drag sort of was created and built in the nightclub scene right so we're talking about people in nightclubs, people like who hang, you know what I mean? Like, so they're not. It is a, it is a not, dirty. It's supposed to be dirty, you know, like it, it, like in yeah, the way they like, talk and stuff. And in the later seasons, even so, so in this season, you hear Ru- RuPaul say, "All right, gentlemen, start your engines, and may the best woman win." Mm-hmm. Well, there was controversy over that because, like, there were people who were like, "Well, they they're not women; they shouldn't be called women." And so the term get that phrase got turned to gentlemen start your engines and may the best drag queen win because they are drag queens. Now, some people would fight against that because in the later seasons, there are more trans people on the show. There was an argument for like, should can women be drag queens? Um, Because there will be women auditioning for the show and they wouldn't get on the show. But like Michelle Visage, for example, will tell you, she's like, I am a drag queen. Like, I'm a queen. Like, the way she dresses, it's it's over-exaggerated. It's, you know, she is a natural-born woman, but it's over-exaggerated and big and all that. So now they will allow women on the show, not very often, but they will allow women on the show and they will allow trans women. In fact, the last season, the, the winner was a trans woman. Um, who actually won the season so even the show has shifted and that's why it's important to remember that like even if you think you are the most knowledgeable or you are doing things the right way like it's ever changing honestly and so you have to be even RuPaul has been criticized who RuPaul is a champion for LGBTQ everything I couldn't think of anybody else who to put in the forefront other than RuPaul is the most recognizable member of the LGBTQ community. Um, But even RuPaul has been criticized, you know, for some of those decisions. So it's an interesting conversation for sure. To to me, it, from what you all are saying about, it's not about like being necessarily the most like a woman because these are clear, clearly characters they're playing it totally makes sense to me that anyone man woman trans could be on this show because you're embodying a drag queen which almost seems like that's that's a separate separate and yeah it's like they are these it's like a i don't know if this sounds insulting but it's like a clown like anyone can be a clown like they're there are things about clowns that are recognized. Hey, no, do you know what's crazy, Graham? No, but that's that's great. You're you're right on the money. Just like there Patton. are fishy queens, there are clown queens. Like Bianca Del Rio, who we were looking at before we started recording, mm-hmm. the one who won the next season, calls herself a clown. Like she is a clown. And look at her makeup. She tells mm-hmm. you, like, I am a clown for sure. And uh, Pat Oswalt has an old, an old stand-up set. Like, this is probably, like, from early 2000s, where he says, do you guys realize, he's talking about how terrifying clowns are, but, like, how ridiculous and over-the-top a clown is. He says, 
You want to act like you're normal from clowns, but you want to be prejudiced against drag queens. A clown's just a drag queen that doesn't stop. Like, they just keep going with the makeup. They go way over the top with the makeup and way over the top with the performance that is just like a drag queen turned to 11 as a clown to where they just become genderless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. I mean, it does. Lessons. They do. I mean, drag queens do seem to be like in the feminine direction. I don't know if there would be a masculine drag queen, what that would even look like. Well, there's drag, drag kings. There's there's drag, there's drag kings. That's drag kings. Oh. It's not my thing, not into a drag king, but that they exist. Hmm. They still wear yeah. makeup? What is it is it about having big muscles or like No ah, like it's, it's they, women. They a lot of mustaches and uh it's different. It's, it's, it's more less over women, the top. And it's more women dressing as men. Yeah. Hmm. It, I mean, a, a key part from my understanding of what drag queen has always been was that element of you are a man dressing up like as the other gender. And so a lot of this is new information to me, but it makes sense that a drag king would traditionally go the other way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are there are women um, who like to do, you know, who 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 like to be a uh, dress as a man, you know. Crazy. My, I have a coworker who is a drag king. Oh. She she was Ken a few months ago. She performed as Ken in a drag show uh, from from Barbie. So yeah, yeah, they're out there. Hmm. Nice. Well, yeah, I, I mean, can't. It's, it's... What are you gonna say? Oh no, I was just gonna say, uh, a drag really, you know, came from theater. With think oh. about like Shakespeare. Oh um, yeah, I mean, totally traditionally, men would play women. Like every there, everyone on stage was a man in the OG Shakespeare plays. No, yeah. that's that's really where that came from um that drag you know some people say um that drag really was a acronym for dressed resembling a girl that's mm. where oh the word drag comes from um yeah isn't that cool that is interesting yeah. hmm. which you know really anyone could dress resembling a girl even if you are a girl you know yep yep it's the idea of a, and i think that's what makes it more yeah. interesting today is because we've been able to start to break the stereotypes of what a woman dresses like or a girl dresses like so that's another reason a woman a, a, a cisgendered woman could dress as, as a stereotypical woman which is dress heels makeup big hair all of that yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Very I think it I think it's really opened up the conversation of, you know, our entertainment industry and you know, the zeitgeist, if you will, hey. of, <laughs> of stage performers. Hmm. So there you go. Drag race. There you go. Drag race. Well, I you know, I can't say that it's really the show for me or that I'm gonna continue on with drag race. But I have found this episode and this conversation about it to be enjoyable and interesting. 
All right, well, uh, but let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come back to our final segment. As always, what you've been watching. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back for what you been watching. Been watching. Uh, if anyone can hear a dog, uh, it is on my end. It's barking outside. Sorry, um, Zach. What have you been watching? Uh, well, I don't know if you've been watching Graham, but I I just finished a rewatch of the first season of Invincible. Mm, I thought that's what you were gonna say. Uh, excellent, beautiful, amazing, and uh, heartbreakingly awful. Uh, that whole first season is is just so crazy. Uh, so well done. You watch it, you know, your third time, and you're like, wow. You you can kind of see where this might be going in terms of like how big it could truly get, and how many how many like minds will change throughout the show, like what characters will change so drastically. Mm. But I've started season two now because I finished season one, and. Oh, it hits you with a one-two punch from the beginning that's like you you get flooded with this huge wave of confusion. You're like, what is going on? Um, but you can already tell that this season's going to be huge in terms of like scale. It's going to be so much bigger than uh anything that's happened so far in the show. One thing that I was a little bit immediately like about is i have a lot of multiverse fatigue right now i'm mm. fatigued and yes. that is an aspect of season two that yep. is going on that i am like oh, there's just how many alternate versions of superheroes are we gonna have to watch because like how gives just just it like it hasn't stopped. The whole multiverse thing is just constantly like every new thing has to do with new universes. And I'm mm -hmm. a little bit tired of it. Yeah. In in Invincible's defense, all of the show is based on a comic book. Um, I don't know when the, the run began and ended, but I'm sure a lot of that multiverse stuff was written before we've gotten the glut of a content on tv and film about multiverses and this multiverse seems like more of an origin story like the whole multiverse thing seems more of like an origin story for a specific character yep. and not uh do you know what character i'm talking about because you've read the comics yeah it's been a while i read them last year um and the the pace of reading the comics versus watching the show is a a lot quicker like they just move through like every few issues is a groundbreaking thing the size of like the finale in the first yeah series so i know everything that happens but they really i'm, I'm still interested in watching the show because they especially in season one they spend a lot more time on things some things are different some things are out of order like things that took a long time to happen in the comics um happened immediately like the end of episode one spoiler alert where the justice league whatever their version gets murdered like that took a, a lot longer to happen in the comics but i know roughly everything that happens unless there have been changes also so i'm only on i've only just finished the first episode i haven't i, I think i've started the second episode uh 
just if, if anyone's listening, if you've not watched Invincible, it's one of the best animated superhero TV shows or one of the best animated TV shows ever. And it's one of those shows that you should take seriously while you're watching it because the show itself takes itself very seriously mm-hmm. in a very good way. Like it, it does drama really well. And I mean, you have people like Sandra Oh and J.K. Simmons and Walton Goggins, like these these heavy hitter actors. Walton Goggins is amazing in that show. I, I That's someone that's a character that I've really uh, analyzed on the rewatch. Is um, he the government guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, the older guy. But yes. um yep. uh but yeah, just very interesting, very complex and deep characters that are extremely complicated, like very morally compromising a lot of the time and uh you know, akin to the boys where it's like superheroes in this context of like superheroes existed in real life, it would be like villains and superheroes there would be a weird line where like there's characters that are villains that are constantly used by the heroes because they're smart like the Mahler twins are a very large recurring character in the invincible series like almost every episode they're there but they're almost like a half villain Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah great show invincible uh season two is already like same top quality excellent stuff but you can tell they're just building and building and building even though they've already built already a ton of stuff um yeah. Then the other show I'm watching, <laughs> me and my sister have been we re- rewatching. This is probably so. This show, I could walk in, and if they're playing a single second from an episode, I know what's going on. And I think maybe Alonzo was maybe watching the show earlier this year. I'm watching Thirty Rock again, and Thirty Rock is so great to watch if you have hard time paying attention to things because there is a joke every five seconds in 30 rock it is hilarious it holds up of course there's some problematic stuff tina fey did a lot of uh stuff about asian people and uh trans people in the early seasons like a lot of jokes about that those groups of people uh that would not play great now but um yeah, great show all around. Amazing performances. Jack McBrayer, Alec Baldwin, Jane Krakowski, Tina Fey, Tracy Morgan, all of them. Excellent. Excellent. The, the great show, I will admit, though, I never faithfully watched 30 Rock. Often because I would that's the kind of show I would turn on and like be doing other things. Um, so then you miss all the jokes. Because you you know what I mean? Like that's a show because it moves so gonna, fast. Oh, you got to watch it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but great show for sure. And speaking, of, were you going to say something, Graham? Um, no, nothing of importance. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Way to be confident, uh, buddy. No. I, well, wow. I, I was I was thinking about. It, I was like, I can't even remember really what it was. Probably just Graham's having a hard do- day, folks. <laughs> um. Well, I was just going to transition. If if Zach was done, I am. I was trying to, I was trying to do a segue. It's ruined now. Um, Sorry, but you mentioned Jane Krakowski, and I am watching Schmigadoon. Yeah, um, you were saying you were going to say that. <laughs> um, and so oh I my god, I love Schmigadoon. I started it a while ago and I liked it, but I didn't love it. So I just, you know, whatever. But then I started going through my subscriptions and I was like, I need to cancel some of these 
and one of them was Apple. And then I was like, wait, before I cancel Apple TV, let me finish Schmigadoon. And so I finished season one and I'm in season two, Chicago, where they I'm, go to I'm Chicago. Not, I've only watched the first two episodes of Chicago. I've only I have not watched actually, all of Schmigadoon. Or I've watched I all of Schmigadoon. I actually think season two is better than season one, actually. Really? Um, so I'm really enjoying it. Jane is great. Her role in season two, she's this like lawyer. She's like the Billy Flynn, you know, from Chicago, but she's like yeah. the female version of Billy Flynn, basically, um, which I love. So enjoying Chicago. Um, and uh, so that's, that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, while I was on Apple TV, I decided to watch a, a show that a friend of mine is actually starring in. Josh um, Groban? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> anyway. For our listeners, a lot of those friends with Josh Groban. His name is Noah Ricketts. Um, Noah is from Louisville. He is a uh, alum of the illustrious DuPont Manual High School and Youth Performing Arts School. He was on was Broadway on. in Frozen as uh, what's the what's the what's the love interest name? Crystal. Uh, oh, Nick Sven. Nick Nick. The other one, or is that the reindeer? Kristoff. No, Kristoff. He was Kristoff um, on Broadway, and now he's in this television show called Fellow Travelers, starring mm-hmm. Matt Bo- Matt Bomer. Uh, Matt Bomer is from uh, White Collar. On a lot of a lot of Ryan Murphy stuff, he's in too. He is. He is. And also the other guy from uh from Bridgerton, uh da, 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 Jonathan Bailey. Um, and it's an interesting show. It's set in the nineteen I think it starts in the nineteen fifties. And essentially it's when the government basically wanted to rid rid the government of any kind of what they call deviants. So any gay people, any like drug people addicted to drugs, um, or not addicted, just doing drugs, um, any kind of what they call social deviance. And they were trying to round them up because they felt like they were vulnerable to uh, becoming enemies of the United States because um, their info or their lifestyle, if you will, quote unquote, um could be used against them uh by foreign governments essentially so it was called mccarthyism mm-hmm. uh it's a very interesting show um and actually noah's character and i've never seen him basically in drag we were just talking about drag he's essentially a drag queen before that was really a thing mm-hmm. um the show's very good and I, I just started watching it because I was like, oh, yeah, he's on this show. And I was about to cancel my Apple subscription. Uh, and I happened to see it. And I said, well, let me watch it. And so 
I may hold on to it for another month just so I could finish this show because it's a mini series. What's it so, called again? Um, fellow travelers. Hello, fellow travelers. Um, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, I will warn you if you watch it, there's a lot of sex. Mm. Uh, but um, very entertaining. So that's what I've been watching this past week. Um, been a little busy, so not not watching a ton. I've kind of fallen off Game of Thrones, so I got to pick back up mm. on that. Still, still watching. I caught up on Survivor, and yeah. oh no, no, I'm still one episode behind on Survivor. So don't spoil anything, Graham. I well, um, I think I am too. I think I'm one episode behind. Oh right, right. We should we should be at the same spot. So yeah. Survivor, House of Villains, such an entertaining. Just a fun reality show, House of Villains. Um, really enjoying that. Way more than I thought I would. Um, so, yeah. I think that's about it. Um, could I say one more thing that I watched? Sure. Because I saw a movie in theaters this last week. Whoa. I know, right? Uh, the was Holdovers. it a Marvel movie? No. No, it was beautiful. The Holdovers. Starring Paul Giamatti. It, it's literally basically a cast of three people. Uh, it's in the lead is Paul Giamatti. And this one kid, it's literally his first movie ever. And then an actress by the name of uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who Alonzo, you would know her. She's from uh, Only Murders in the Building. She plays the cop. And she is in Dolomite. She's so good. Isn't she amazing? And in this movie, she I think all three of these actors are up for an Oscar for this film. Like yes. 100%. It's a very slow, very warm movie, but yeah, it's it's about so I'll I'll say I'll read the synopsis. A cranky history teacher at a remote prep school is forced to remain on campus over the holidays with a troubled student who has no place to go. And uh it is just, you know, it's slow, it's conversations, it's dramatic, it's, and it takes place in the 19th, it's in 1970, in the middle of Vietnam, and if you want, like, just a sweet, it takes place during Christmas time, of course, like a sweet, just warm movie, like, oh my goodness, and Paul Giamatti, hilarious in it, he plays this, like, uppity history teacher that, like, quotes history constantly and like he's obsessed with ancient history and i think one of the taglines for it is paul giamatti at his most disgusting <laughs> but oh my goodness it, and i think it was a kind of a festival movie it's a very small budget clearly um yeah but the setting is beautiful it's like in a small town in massachusetts it takes place at all this this you know boys prep school in the 1970s so all the clothes are really great um but, you know, you have these scenes between Paul Giamatti and this, uh, what is her name again? Um, Divine, uh, Divine Randolph. And they are just, oh my God. There's a scene where she she's a grieving mother. Her, her son died in Vietnam. And uh, there's a scene where she gets drunk at a party and it's heartbreaking. It is, it is so good like if you're looking for like a movie to move you to make you feel a little bit it's like uh it's like dead poets a modern dead poet society but with a little bit more cynicism to it yeah 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 dang very nice i this totally looks like something i'm gonna have to add into my holiday rotation this year um i love yeah. that it's at christmas time that's um 
Perfect. I feel like I'd seen a trailer for this, but I now have added it to my watch list. So thank you for that. And honestly, because you know you have these two heavy hitting actors of the two like adult leads, but the kid is the best actor in the group, like of the three of them. And it's because, of course, the role itself is kind of the heaviest role. It's the angsty teenager role but this is his literal first thing he's been in and if you look on this kid like the imdb trivia for the movie the only thing he's ever done is like theater for his high school and theater for his college oh wow yeah so this is his first ever film thing good for him that's awesome yeah yeah she was uh love that right. well um i had forgotten the movie that i'd watched most recently until alonda you mentioned schmigadoon um, which made me think of the movie that I'd watched most recently. Um, if neither one of you have watched it, I'd be a little surprised, but I don't think you've talked about it, and it seems so up both of your alley, um, which is Theater Camp. Oh, I also watched that this week, too! Oh, okay, <laughs> nice. Oh, loved it, loved it, loved Theater Camp. I, I've, <laughs> I have seen I've seen Theater Camp. I'm I'm interested in what you thought. Oh, well, I thought it was hilarious. I love it. I love um this whole like crew of people and everything that I've seen all of them in, which most I've I mean I've seen uh what's his name? I'm how I have the cast list here, Jimmy Tatro, who I love from American Vandal, one of the most underrated shows of all time. <laughs> and basically the same character. Uh, yes, basically the same character. Um some like book smart people. What? What'd you say? Character is what? Basically, the, his character is pretty much the same from American Vandal, kind of like a a, a dude. A dude oh, American bro. Vandal, yeah, yeah. Which God, that show is so good. Um, but yeah, I loved this. I thought the cast was great. Um, I'm a fan of these types of like faux documentary comedy movies. I don't know how many oh. there are, but. I just love that style. I think it's Can really I ask cool. you something, Graham? I hate to interrupt you, but no, have you ever not. seen Waiting for Guffman? Nope. Mm-mm. Oh my. Alonzo, have you seen that, right? Looking it up now. Waiting for Guffman? Yes. I actually have not. Oh my God. Put it on both y'all's lists. It's about a community. If you watch if you watch Waiting for Guffman, you'll be like, oh shoot, this is literally just like an homage yeah. to Waiting for Guffman. Um, yeah, I know what it's about, but because I because I know the the title is a play on um, waiting for Godot. Waiting for Godot, yeah. But mm-hmm. it is you know Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, Fred Willard, that, all the like yeah, a SCTV. lot of them are known for that. It is oh, and then the main guy who plays a guy named Corky, who's the director, is oh my god, it's the funniest of uh, what is is it? It's not William Hurt. Um, the, I think it might be William Hurt, but uh, the guy that writes and is the main lead of it, he makes these movies, and it's 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 uh, like his type of movies, like a specific genre of mockumentary that it's all heavily improvised and stuff. Theater Camp has less of an improvised vibe to it, mm-hmm. but oh my god, yeah! If you liked Theater Camp, watch Waiting for Guffman. It's funnier, but it is it's it's a different thing, but it's so good. But yeah, Theater Camp's awesome, but yeah, it feels, while I was watching, I was like, this just feels like a homage to Waiting for Guffman because it's about a community theater just talking about theater. 
Well, yeah, I add that to my list because I, I loved this movie, so I'll have to check that out. Um, I think for anyone who is ever involved in theater in high school um, or at any level, really, um, this clearly is camping up that sort of culture um, to, you know, to turning the dial to 11. But a lot of it feels really resonates uh feels really sort of spot on with the types of people and the types of personalities and the sort of ritual ritualistic nature of a lot of the things that happen um i i thought the whole cast nailed it um their comedic timing was spot on um and i usually don't like ben platt and things or i you know i say i don't like ben platt and things i haven't seen him in a ton of stuff but uh Oh my God, he's one of the funniest people in that movie. He's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. he's so good. And they treat thing everything is so important. I love when characters <laughs> treat very small things like they are like it is their world, and you feel that like the this is their entire world. They're so invested. Um, also, the kids in this movie are all really good. Um, I mean, they're probably sort of just acting like how they act <laughs> in their real thespian lives. But it works. It's funny. Yeah. Um, so I liked it. Yeah. Wanda, what did you think? You know, I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked it. Um, it felt very over the top to me. It felt ju- like just ridiculous. And, you know, we've, we've talked before about, you know, thespiany people. Like, there's a difference between people who do theater and, like, thespian. I take pride in calling my friends. So ridiculous and, like, them trying to write the show. I don't know. It it felt really over the top. I was entertained. Like, I thought the kids were entertaining. I thought uh, uh, Jimmy Tatro, is that his name? Yeah. I thought stole the show. And And I feel like we've discussed that before on here when I watched the movie. Uh, I think we discussed him, loved him. Uh, But yeah, so so all in all, like, yes, I did enjoy it. But that's interesting. I I love that y'all love it more than I do because I'm probably most theater-y out of the three of us. But like, yeah, yeah, I liked it though. I did like it. It it definitely felt over the top, but it felt true to the sort of the spirit of of thespians in theater people like a lot of them are just ridiculous and over the top like it's it's the world one of the best moments i've been in a couple of casting rooms with alonzo and i I know graham has too and this didn't remind me of you you would not say something like this but it just reminds me of that vibe whenever ben platt turns to the the girl counselor and says you don't see the girl on stage about to audition she says and you know she's about to sing a lay miz song fontaine song from a dream to dream and he says you know what i this is a great audition for her she really emits uh the presence of a french prostitute (laughs) (laughs) and it zooms in and it's like this 12 year old little girl yeah 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 and he glasses and braids that is so funny. I need to. I do need to rewatch it. Is it on Amazon? Is that what it's on? Uh, Hulu. Uh, Hulu. Yeah. I and think she, I will watch it. Yeah. And in that moment, um, the Rebecca Diane, who I love the whole name, Rebecca mm-hmm. Diane, like leans in. She's like, Amos, 
And he's like, corrects himself. I'm sorry, sex worker. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Like, it's all, it's right. all so, it's treated with such care, this ridiculous world. Um, I think I love the, thing that. I didn't, the thing I didn't like the most was her relationship and Ben Platt's character. Like, they annoyed me. Like, it, and it, they it really focused on that. Like, there was a too, like, it was too much focus on them. I was expecting mm-hmm. the focus to be more on the kids, which I think would have been really entertaining. Um, but I did love uh, Jimmy Tacho's relationship, like, like just not knowing theater stuff. Like that is great. That dynamic of like somebody trying to come in and like run a camp and they know nothing about theater because you know theater does have its rituals and you know those kind of things. That that dynamic is really funny to me. Yeah when they were having auditions and there was finally a song he knew like by the weekend or something. Oh, he dances <laughs> to like, it. Finally, yeah. bro. <laughs> oh, God, that was so good. Um, yeah. I'll say this movie also made me more interested and excited to watch a movie that I think, Zach, you mentioned last time, uh, Bottoms, um, oh. because of, I, I don't know how to say her name. Um, oh, Ayo Adebri, Adebiri. Yeah, she, we haven't really mentioned her, but I thought she, her character, like sort of a fish out of water, like just sort of scamming. Yeah. Scamming yeah. I feel like they could have done way more with her character. They I totally think they could have done more with her too. Yeah. Well, they could have. Ram watched The Bear? I haven't watched The Bear. It's it's high on my list, but I haven't watched it. I haven't either. Okay, guys, come on. I know Ashlyn really want to watch wants to watch that too. I think she thinks the main guy's hot. It's um, one of those shows where I'm like, I'm being kind of a contrarian with it, where it's like, okay, everybody's told me to watch the bear, so you know what? I'm not gonna fucking watch the bear. How about that? I know, but let me tell you this. Let Seems me tell like a you this a little bit. Let me tell you this. It's worth it. And at first, like I was like, I don't know that I get it. Like, what's the appeal? But I kept pushing through. And I'm so glad I did. Some of the best acting, there's a very specific episode that I won't tell you about. There was lots of guest stars, um, including Jamie Lee Curtis. And like, to me, it's the best thing Jamie Lee Curtis has done her entire career. Um, oh. Yeah, like, I just think this show is wild and chaotic and brilliant. These characters are the worst. But the show is has so so much heart. Like think of like Ted Lasso, but like in Chicago with like a, a family who drinks all the time and like 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 it's great. It's great. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It, it it truly is high on my list of shows um to watch next. Especially since yeah. t- what is is the second season even out? Like, there's there's not that much. Second, yeah, I think second season is out. But again, it's only eight episodes a season, I think. So yeah, well, we're almost done with Gen B, so that could be next. It's food themed, like Thanksgiving, you know, holidays. Yep, it is. Yeah, it is. Thank thank you, Chef. Heard, Chef. Heard. <laughs> Heard. All right. Well, hey, good episode. Good conversation. Seems like a good place to wrap things up. Thank you again for everyone listening. Um, sounds like this we don't really know. What'd you say? 
I said, this might be a record. I think this might be our longest episode ever. Could be. I don't have a timer going, but it definitely is up there. I can tell you that. Um, I think our longest is like an hour 20-something, so probably. Um, But anyways, it sounds like we don't really know what we're going to be talking about next week, next episode, but gosh darn it, we will be back talking about something to add to your list. That I can promise you. But until then, I hope you have a happy uh, holidays, I guess. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, anyone, all of our uh, U.S. listeners. (laughs) (laughs) And international listeners that also celebrate Thanksgiving. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) To to whoever um, enjoys a good turkey and stuffing and gravy. Have Have a good week, and we'll catch you next time. Gobble, gobble.